What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted with me, your host, Jersey Devil. Now, as we kick off this new year, the year 2023, which still feels weird for me to say the year 2023. I don't know. I don't know. Something about it feels weird. But I'm sitting around and I'm thinking about how I have evolved in the entertainment or the media that I consume. And what I mean by that is... I visibly pick shows where I can see the cast is diverse. More specifically, are there black people in these movies or these TV shows? And as I reflect, I think about the rich history of representation that has gotten us to where we are today. There are many shows ranging from the 70s to the early 2000s that have allowed us to achieve this level of representation by capturing black people in various lights and occupations. Now, these shows have struck down the notion that their existence isn't necessary and have finally begun to fill a huge void in entertainment. But that process is just getting started. Though we still have a long way to go when it comes to an even playing field for both the payment and treatment of black creatives in Hollywood, it's undeniable that the surge in recent years can be attributed to these sitcoms. That being said, I wanted to spend uh, the remainder of this time on this episode taking a look at the 30 best black sitcoms of all time. Starting us off at number 30 is the famous Jet Jackson, which aired from 98 to 2001. Now, the famous Jet Jackson chronicled movie star Jet Jackson, played by Lee Thompson Young, rest in peace, and his move back to North Carolina. He immediately brought celebrity attention to his small town and struggled to balance the life of a working actor with the life of a normal teen boy. Now, what makes the famous Jet Jackson so special was It was the first Disney Channel original show that starred a minority cast, and though it did well critically, it ended after 65 episodes like most Disney Channel originals. Now coming in at number 29, and I struggle putting this at number 29, is The Proud Family, which aired from 2001 to 2005. And I know y'all are singing The Proud Family theme song in your head right now, as I am, and I really want to play it right now, but it's going to mess up the audio, so you'll just have to go look it up. Now, The Proud Family was Disney Channel's first original animated series about the life of main character Penny Proud. The cartoon didn't miss a single opportunity to tie in relevant Black pop culture, beginning with the theme song, which was sung by Solange and Destiny's Child. Now, it had an amazing list of guest celebrities, including Cicely Tyson, Lou Rawls, Vin Rames, Steve Harvey, Monique, Vivica A. Fox, Samuel L. Jackson, and more. The show also parodied the Zygus, which... Um, with its own version of 50 Cent's Omarion as 15 Cent and Moesha as the American Idol. It was one of the most culturally relevant black cartoons to date. The show had 53 episodes and wrapped with the Proud Family movie. Now, coming in at number 28 is That's So Raven, which aired between 2003 to 2007. Now, That's So Raven followed the antics of Raven Baxter as she tried to control the events leading up to her psychic visions. Her signature catchphrases of, you nasty, and gotta go, and oh snap, (laughs) punctuated the show 
as did her two best friends, Chelsea and Eddie. Together, the three got into wild situations typically involving physical comedy wigs and goofy voices. Now, although the show mostly focused on silly situations, there were also memorable hard-hitting episodes of That's So Raven that skimmed the surface of more controversial topics like racism and fatophobia. Now, Raven's antics were so popular that the show inspired two spinoffs of Corey in the House and Raven's House. Though neither spinoff has garnered the same attention as the original show, That's So Raven impacted um, the culture and is undeniable, and it remained Disney Channel's third longest-running original series. Now, at number 27 is Smart Guy, which I personally love that show. It aired from 97 to 1999. Now, before um, there was Jimmy Neutron, which is another show that I liked, there was TJ Henderson, played by Taj Maori, a 10-year-old boy genius surrounded by teenagers, as his smarts landed him in high school much earlier than his actual peers. Now, TJ's dorky Point Dexter-like character is one commonly depicted and predominantly white shows but Smart Guy lets viewers know that while Black people are funny and soulful, they're also intelligent. The show ran at the same time as Sister Sister, which starred Taj, um, Taj's sisters Tia and Tamara, and there was some occasional crossover between the shows. Now, at number 26 is another show that I watched and personally enjoyed, which was Kenan and Kel. Now, Kenan and Kel ran between 96 and 2000. And as you may already have been saying in your mind, who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. <laughs> now, the goofy duo got into a variety of unnecessary situations, mostly due to Keenan's scheming and Kel's generally oblivious but lovable nature. Keenan came up with uh, ways to get what he wanted like a new car and recruited Kel to help him out. Kenan's parents were typically annoyed with whatever they got involved in and punished their son while Kel's parents were never actually shown on the show. Now the show always ended with Kenan explaining why their scheme didn't work and insisting he had a better idea to make it work. Now Kenan and Kel's antics were hit um, with kids and teens in the late 90s and were the impressive roster guest stars including downtown Julie Brown, Britney Spears, and fellow All That castmate Nick Cannon. Now at number 25 is The Steve Harvey Show which aired between 96 and 2002 and I personally I think I watched every episode uh, of this show. Now the only person who gets a pass for wearing chopper suits in 2013 was Steve Harvey. Before he wrote Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, and opted for a more aerodynamic hairstyle, he played Chicago native Steve Hightower on the WB's Steve Harvey show. And I'm not even sure the WB is like still a thing, but I remember that and that, sing that singing frog from the WB. Now, like any other black sitcom, The Steve Harvey Show featured notable guest stars from the music world, including um, Tina Marie, who jokingly mistook Hightower for Lionel Richie in one of the episodes, and then irregular reunions of Steve Hightower and the High Tops always made for great episodes as they brought black comedian um, Don D.C. Curry and Mr. Big himself, Ronald Isley. Coming in 
at 24 is Sister Sister, which aired between the years of 94 and 99. And Sister Sister was about two twin girls who were separated at birth who wound up meeting 14 years later. Now, after two seasons on ABC, Sister Sister was canceled, but the WB scooped it up for a third season. Now, at number 23 is Family Matters. Now, Family Matters aired between 89 and 1998. Now, no one thought this perfect stranger spinoff would last for nearly a decade, but Family Matters went on to become one of the longest-running sitcoms with a predominantly African-American cast. Now, Family Matters was part of ABC's uh, famous TGIF Friday lineup that kids stayed up for on a weekly basis fueled by pizza and soda. The show existed in the same fictional universe as other TGIF Friday shows crossing over with the likes of Perfect Strangers, Step by Step, Full House, and Boy Meets World. Now at number 22 is What's Happening, uh, which aired between the years of 76 and 79. Now after debuting as a summer program in 76, What's Happening casted um, a predominantly minority cast and it cashed in on solid ratings and the failure of other shows to become regular weekly programming on ABC that fall. Now, the sitcom hooked audiences with the three beloved teens that lived in Watts, um, Raj, the forever smiling Dwayne, and the main man with the famous dance rerun. Now, at number 21 was my uh, favorite show, I think, um, growing up, and that was The Jamie Foxx Show. Now, The Jamie Foxx Show aired between 96 and 2001. Now, in the mid-90s, quality black television experienced a significant boom, and some could even be found on the WB. Now, one such program was The Jamie Foxx Show. Now, it was based on Foxx's own experience um, in making it into the entertainment entertainment industry. Now, over a decade after the show went off air, the NAACP Image Award winning program is remembered for demonstrating Fox's comedic timing, singing chops, and the word uh, mother flood pucker as abusing brought him. Now, it also got plenty of elementary school children in trouble for shoving their hands in the faces of classmates. And it was that, what was that sound of like a car screeched into a a halt that he would do? (laughs) I never did it, but it was still hilarious to watch. At number 20, we have Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Now, Hanging with Mr. Cooper aired between 92 and 97, and it featured Mark Curry, who landed his first major role as Mark Cooper, a former Golden State Warrior, who winds up teaching and coaching basketball at Oak Brink High School in Oakland. Now, Hanging with Mr. Cooper was at its best once added to ABC's brilliant TGIF lineup. Though Hang With Mr. Cooper enjoyed several theme songs, none was better than the original, in my opinion, where stars Lewis and Robinson collaborated with In Vogue to sing Cooper's praises. Now, at 19, we have Different Strokes, which aired between 78 and 85. Now, the show that made Gary Coleman a household name, Different Strokes, told the story of two brothers from Harlem who were adopted by a wealthy businessman, and their mother worked after she passed away. 
Now, thank the show for any popular culture and hip-hop references to Phil Drummond as a symbol of wealth. Now, only Bridges survived his struggles despite the sad ending for the show's young stars. Different Strokes will live on as one of the 20th century's most important programs. Now, at number 18, we have Rock, and Rock aired between 91 and 94. Now, during the 90s, Fox ran black television as one of the network's lesser-known gems, um, which was the show Rock. Now, Rock was set in Baltimore. The show followed the lives of the title character, played by Charles S. Dutton, and his wife, Eleanor. Rock's younger brother, Joey, provided occasional humor and drama. Now, Rock's narrative offered hard looks at drugs and violence in urban communities, but without losing sight of the mission. It offered a positive look at African-Americans doing their best to make an honest living. Unfortunately, the show's positive imagery couldn't save it from the low ratings that it received. Now, at number 17, which was another show that I regularly enjoyed, was The Waynes Brothers. Now, The Waynes Brothers aired between 95 and 1999. Now, viewers tuned in week after week to watch the two youngest brothers um, and their life's bullshit while living in Harlem. Sean, the elder sibling, owned a newsstand in Manhattan's um, Needamore building where Marlon also worked. Now, the Wayne's brother enjoyed five seasons on the WB before unceremoniously canceled in 1989. Now, as mentioned in the movie, Scary Movie, it didn't even get the respect and proper final episode. But still, it remained popular over a decade after its cancellation and fans will stop whatever they're doing when the show comes on television, hoping to catch the episode where Pops and his old singing group, The Tim Tones, got back together. And it still shows on TV from time to time. And, you know, I do stop and watch it and I'll put it on in the background just to catch like some of the episodes that I remember growing up, which are still hilarious. Now, at number 16, we have Moesha. Moesha aired between 96 and 2001. Now, Moesha and her younger brother, Miles, live with their father, Frank, and his new wife, Dee. Now, Moesha's circle of friends included the loud Kim, the talkative Nisi, and the ever-present Hakim, which I think his name was Hakim. Hakim, one of the two. Now, after Countess Vaughn left the show after the fourth season, a spinoff called The Parkers was created based around Kim and her mother, Nikki, played by comedian Monique, and Dell went on to appear on The Parkers as a friend of Nikki's. At number 15, we have 227, which aired between 85 and 1990. Now, 227 was about a middle-class apartment building, and the show primarily focused on the lives of Lester and Mary Jenkins and their daughter, um, Brenda. Now, during its peak, 227 experienced better ratings than every program with a largely African-American cast. But these days, it lives on in syndication and an extremely random appearance in Pineapple Express. Now, number 14, we have The Bernie Mac Show, which aired between 2001 and 2006. Now, the show was not only famous for Bernie Mac playing himself, but for Mac's frequent breaking the fourth wall, which he did to relay the importance or absurdity of a given moment to the audience. 
Now, because Mac played himself, there were plenty of celebrity cameos, too many to name, ranging from Hugh Hefner to Shaquille O'Neal. Now, Bernie Mac passed away in August of 2008. May he rest in peace. But his stand-up, numerous film roles, um, and all forms and integral parts of his untouchable legacy undoubtedly lives on. Now, at number 13, we have Everybody Hates Chris, which aired between 2005 and 2009. Now, Everybody Hates Chris was praised for using humor to interrogate race and class problems in America. It garnered several Golden Globe and Emmy nominations. And Tyler James William, who played Chris, became the youngest person to win the NAACP's Image Award um, for his outstanding um, actor in a comedy series. And at the time he won that award, he was only 14 years old. Now, at number 12 was Julia, which aired between the years of 68 and 71. Now, critics attacked the show for its lack of uh, male role models. And because of those bold decisions, Julia will always be remembered as a trailblazer and something almost every media student at historically black colleges or universities um, has pressed into their memory forever. Now, at number 11, which is one of the shows that I watch and rewatch to this day, is Girlfriends. Now, Girlfriends aired between the years of 2000 and 2008. Now, after the cancellation of Living Single, Black women were left with nowhere to go to turn to for representation of Black women coexisting together. So in 2000, the answer arrived, which was Girlfriends. Now, Girlfriends dealt with topics like dating, sexuality, parenthood, interracial relationships, and the struggles of being Black in the 21st century. Now, in 2006, The Game premiered, which was a spinoff of Girlfriends, and it followed Melanie Barnett, and it's still producing new episodes currently. Now, at number twin, at number twin, at number ten is Good Times. Now, Good Times aired between '74 and '79, and with no shame, I still rewatch Good Times to this day. And you can catch, I think, the full season on uh, Amazon Prime. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock and do not know what Good Times is. Um, Good Times is one of the most essential and controversial black television shows ever produced. It was created by Cooley Cooley High's writer, Eric Monet, and the show focused on the struggles of the Evans family who lived in Chicago's housing project. Though no one ever came out and said it, the housing project was the notorious uh, Cabrini-Green projects where Monet grew up. And I think his name is Monty, actually, not Monet, but you get it. Now, Good Times depicted a close-knit family that remained positive despite their difficult living conditions. The show was revered for its depiction of urban life, yet declined to portray African Americans in a negative light until JJ turned into a caricature, which I was sad to see. But this is one of the shows that I always, always put on if I am finding myself at a loss of what to watch. Good Times is where it is at still to this day. One of the best shows I think arguably ever produced for Black entertainment.
Now at number nine, we have Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, which aired between 72 and 85. Now, long before there was Cliff Huxtable, um, Bill Cosby was the creative genius behind the legendary animated series Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Now, it was loosely based on Cosby's experiences growing up in North Philly. Now, when no one else would, Fat Albert dealt with issues facing children in urban environments. Now, each one of the characters, you got Fat Albert, um, Dum Dum Donald, Weird Harold and Russell and Rudy. Now they learn their lessons um, just going through everyday life with each other. And it was one of the most one of the most iconic cartoon characters um, ever created, Fat Albert. Now I have only seen a few episodes of Fat Albert, but um, I'm still trying to find it. I think it's on Amazon Prime, which what's not on Amazon Prime to be honest. But I encourage you to go watch it. It is a um, hilarious show and one of the shows that I think is a staple in Black entertainment. Now at number eight, we have Living Single, which I am currently watching right now in the background as I record this episode. Now, Living Single aired between 1993 and 1998. Now, the show ran for five seasons on Fox and was part of its Story Thursday night lineup. Not only was the show popular for its portrayal of six black 20-somethings trying to make it in New York, it was adored because all of the principal characters were women. Now, number seven, we have The Boondocks, which aired in 2005, and I think it's currently airing, but I want to say that they shot their final episode, but I'm not entirely sure as I thought they were bringing it back, but I could be mistaken, so don't quote me on that. But the animated series focused on the Freeman family who moved from Chicago's south side to a white suburb of Woodcrest. Now, um... From the show comes some of the best satire and social um, analysis to hit the small screen or the big screen or whatever size screen you're watching it on. I have watched every episode of The Boondocks and I just cannot say enough about this TV series. Now, number six, we have The Jeffersons. Now, The Jeffersons aired between 1975 and 1985 and it represented the American dream. Now, with 11 seasons, it's one of the longest-running sitcoms of um, on American television, and it all began as a simple spinoff to All in the Family. That's right, the notorious racist Archie Bunker deserves some credit for bringing George Jefferson into the world. Now, the Jeffersons remained popular well into the 1980s, and during its eighth season, it became the first African-American sitcom since Sanford and Son to crack the top five in ratings. It amassed 13 Emmy nominations in 1981, and um, sadly, it ended in 1985, and um, you know, the Jeffersons was just one of those shows where you saw a black family depicted um they uh, came into like a large sum of of money and they moved to that deluxe apartment in the sky and if you know nothing else you know that the jeffersons moved on up to that deluxe apartment in the sky that's all i gotta say the jeffersons is just like it's just one of those shows right that you just remember um so at number five we're getting into the, the bottom five here 
you have Sanford and Sons, which I just previously mentioned. Now, Sanford and Sons aired between 72 and 1977. Now, in addition to providing a model for the successful African-American sitcom, Sanford and Sons was a smash hit across all audiences. Even when Fox temporarily left the show because of a contract dispute, it popularly was never flagged. The show lives on through the character of Fred Sanford and through every rap song that's ever sampled the theme, which I can name at least five off the top of my head. This show will never, never lose its appeal in any community, um, but especially the black community. Now at number four, we have Martin. Now, Martin aired between 1982 and 1997. Um, Now, although it ended in 97, it still comes on, I want to say, on Amazon Prime and regular TV. So in my mind and in my heart, this show still continues to this day. Now, very few programs remain every bit as entertaining over 15 years um, as the smash hit Martin. Now, for those of you, again, who was living under a rock, um, Martin starred the actor Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell, as well as a slew of others, right? Um, You have Pam, you have Tommy, you have Cole. Now, um, not only was Martin instrumental in African-American culture and hip-hop culture, it played a role in popular culture that cannot be argued. we have a different world now a different world aired between 1987 and 1983 and this show will always have a special place in my heart not only did a different world show historically black fraternities and sororities at work on hillman's campus it also dared to talk about date rape skin tone class struggle the persian gulf war domestic violence and the la riots It was one of the first television shows, black or otherwise, to address HIV and AIDS. A Different World is one of the most important and best TV shows in history. Now at number two, we have The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now Fresh Prince aired between 1990 and 1996. Now this was the original TV series with Will Smith. Now there is a caveat that The Fresh Prince was rebooted. It's a fresher, more up-to-date look at The Fresh Prince and his family. Now I would say that this show is teeing up to be every bit as good as the original series. It's fresh, it's updated. There are a few character changes, But with that being said, I would say that it's promising. Now, I think that show is airing on Paramount, but don't quote me. Um, So go check it out if you haven't already. And I do think that season two should be airing sometime in January or February. Again, don't quote me. But I digress. Now, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air... Um, was the perfect complement and eventual successor of The Cosby Show as it depicted an upper-class African-American family um, that wasn't out of touch with the realities of Black America. It wasn't quite as funny as Martin, but it dealt with a broader range of subjects. That makes it one of the better television shows of all time, period. Now, I know you're all wondering, what is my number one show in black entertainment 
And despite its recent controversies with one of the actors, my number one pick is The Cosby Show. Now, The Cosby Show aired between 1984 and 1992. And for eight magical seasons, The Cosby Show revolved around the Huxtables, which is a well-to-do African-American family that lived in Brooklyn. Not only were both parents present, they were extremely successful. Cliff was a doctor and Claire was a lawyer. They had five children, four girls, and one boy. By the end of the series, The Cosby Show had built a lineage of success from grandparents to children that hadn't been seen before on television, regardless of race. It played a huge role in the lives of all races, so when Jim Carrey made that reference uh, of him being the bastard son of Claire Huxtable, you understood and believed him, and that reference was made on Cable Guy. In spite of its success, Emmy Awards, Golden Globes, NAACP Image Awards, and People's Choice Awards, people still managed to criticize this show. It was called unrealistic. People chided it for avoiding the subject of racism and neglecting the struggles of the underclass. But if the only complaints were that the show portrayed African-Americans too positively, then there was nothing to complain about at all. The Cosby Show ended during the LA riots and holds the crown as not only the best black television show, but one of the best television shows ever made. In my opinion and many others, there will never be another one like it. As we wrap up the countdown for today of the 30 most well-known and powerful black sitcoms and entertainment, I encourage you to reflect on your own childhood memories of the shows that you grew up on and how it has shaped you into the adult that you have become today. A little bit about me, some of the quotes that I still use today are from sitcoms that have stopped airing many years ago. And I mean, they will never get old, at least for me anyway. With that being said, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Unscripted with Jersey Devil, as I encourage you to go forward with your lives and live them unscripted. (music) 